You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we've got some good news for a couple of Texans potential starters. There's also an injury that may help the Texans win a game in a couple of weeks. Plus, our NFL expert and fantasy guru, Andy Rio, stops by for his weekly wisdom on the Texans, the week's best NFL matchups, and helpful advice for your fantasy roster. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. A couple news items to start off with. Good news for Zach Fulton and DeAndre Carter. They both practiced Wednesday. Looks like the concussion will not keep Carter out this week, so that should help the receiving core. I don't know if anybody will miss last year's seventh-round pick, Kyle Fuller, but he's now on another team. The Redskins signed him off the Texans practice squad, so big whiff on that pick. And uh, speaking of departed O-lineman, remember tackle Derek Newton. He's back in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints signed him. Uh, Here's something we got to keep an eye on. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Carson Wentz is likely out this week with a back issue and could be gone for the rest of the season, meaning the Texans may not face him in week 16. Time to bring in Andy Rio for Fantasy Takes and NFL Insight. Andy brings two decades of experience writing for fantasy publications and websites. Look for his weekly article on LockedOnTexans.com. As always, welcome. Andy, it looks like the NFL announced that Las Vegas is hosting the 2020 NFL Draft. I mean, what could possibly go wrong if you bring a bunch of 20-year-old kids who are about to enter the NFL to Vegas for a weekend? There's nothing that could happen there. (laughs) Well, uh, I personally, I get why the NFL is doing it, because that is supposed to be when the Raiders make their move. So it kicks off uh, the new era of the Los Angeles Raiders. However, I I personally would have rather seen the draft that year go to Cleveland and Canton. Uh, You know, the NFL was founded in in 1920. So if the draft was there in 2020, it would be uh, really a fitting thing. But uh, obviously, uh, they want to get things off to a good start in Las Vegas. And certainly, we all know Vegas is a renowned tourist attraction as it is anyway. So a lot of people like to head out there. Yeah, it's almost like you you would think that they might do do that go there on a consistent basis from here on out but uh i know they're trying to move it around um what, what do you th- what do you think of the texans uh fans and, and what should be their biggest concern um after that colts game i mean you had a chance to look at some of it i'm sure what were you worried about for the texans well naturally the secondary didn't look particularly good against indianapolis uh I- I just it's I don't know if I'd really press the panic button, though, overall. I mean, this is a a team that won nine in a row. Eventually, they were going to have an off day. They struggled with the Colts previously in Indianapolis. Uh, Obviously, T.Y. Hilton seems to just for whatever reason, he makes it his mission to just topple the Texans every time he plays them. So I wouldn't panic at this point. I, I think they're certainly going to have a good chance to win their final three games. If they can get some help, they still might have an opportunity to buy. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton might be a Hall of Famer if he – well, he would be a Hall of Famer if he played the Texans every week. That's that's for sure. What, what are you looking at in this Jets game Saturday? This is a, a must win for the Texans because uh, you, you just got to win these type of games and you can't start stumbling as you head to the later part of the season here if the Texans are – really going to do anything in the playoffs 
A loss is certainly a good wake-up call at times, and I think that the game against the Colts is going to serve as a bit of a wake-up call. I mean, the Texans certainly have established themselves as a good team, but uh, even good teams at some times uh, need to be jolted back into reality. You're not going to win every game. Better to have a bit of an off day before you get to the playoffs, and and I think they're going to use the loss as motivation uh, to beat the Jets. I Personally, I think it's not necessarily going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be a game they're going to be in command generally throughout and record a solid victory. I think the defense has the potential to put up some big numbers in fantasy against Sam Darnold. No real surprises for fantasy. I mean, you're, you, you, you want to go with sure things, and if you're playing guys in this game with these two teams, who are you playing? Because, you know, I, I know we're in that playoff atmosphere for fantasy right now well there's not really a lot on the jets that you want to use uh, maybe elijah mcguire he is uh, a young running back in his second year isaiah crowell is ailing uh certainly he might get a shot to get some volume which as we all know that can pay off in fantasy football robbie anderson's been kind of a disappointment maybe he breaks a big play but i certainly wouldn't count on him or quincy and Uh, Chris Herndon has had some nice moments at tight end for the Jets, but still probably uh, a backup really in fantasy, and and Darnold not an option. Uh, I think for the Texans, uh, the game flow is going to be better this week. Lamar Miller will certainly improve upon the 33 yards he had against the Colts. I think DeAndre Hopkins will certainly get more than the 36 yards he had against the Colts. Both guys at least got touchdowns, so they weren't complete disasters, and I think Watson will certainly perform well but uh, yeah maybe the biggest upside uh, for the Texans in this game is that defense how do you feel about Saturday games in the NFL you a fan of those I really have no feelings one way or the other I mean you know growing up there was always late season games on Saturday and they kind of went away uh, or were reduced for a time and and now that they're back I mean it's kind of nice but you know I, I mean I really don't have any strong feelings one way or the other on them. Well, we want to get to your top five games of the week, uh, the games for people to watch in a little bit. And before we do that, we got to talk about our new sponsor, DraftKings. Uh, bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and the rest of the season at DraftKings. Not only uh, can you win a ton of money, which we're going to talk about, but you can also play with us. You can play with Brian, our my locked on Texans co-host uh, on DraftKings, uh, we're going to tell you about that in a second. But they're the leader in one week fantasy sports. I'm talking about one and a half million dollars in total prizes with one week fantasy at DraftKings. You choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season long commitment. No season long commitment. And at DraftKings, you are the GM. The, you choose the players. Stay under the salary cap. See our team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level, there is a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So if you've been thinking about trying one-week fantasy football, now's the time to do it. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app. Use the code LOCKEDON to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $1.5 million. Again, that's $1.5 million. I've said that a couple of times. It's worth saying again. In total prizes, that's code LOCKEDON. Uh, that's your code only on DraftKings and the game inside the game. Uh, it's the way to go. Minimum $5 deposit required. N- not a lot of money in this and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and 
Like I said, for all our friends listening to the podcast, join the DraftKings Locked On Texans Listener League today for only $3 and see if you can beat my co-host, Brian Patterson. He's doing this for us. Uh, He's repping me. He knows what he's doing. It's winner take all. And there are just a few slots left. Check our Twitter feed for more details. Okay, Andy, three of your five best NFL matchups this week have major implications for the Texans' potential playoff seed. We need to start with the Cowboys at the Colts because I don't know if the Texans want to face the Colts in the playoffs. So maybe you want the Cowboys to win this particular week. And they are still playing for that sixth seed. Still got a chance they get the division barely, but... To start with, they the Texans need to clinch the division right here, and they, they can do it with a win, a Colts, and a Titans loss. So they can do it this week. Uh, but let's look at this game in particular, Andy, and how do you see the Cowboys-Colts game going? Well, it'll be interesting to see if Dallas has a letdown. I mean, after all, they had an emotional win over Philadelphia that, for all practical purpose, wrapped up the NFC East championship for them. And, of course, they've got to go on the road against a quality Colts team. But the way the Cowboys have just grown on offense with the addition of Amari Cooper, I mean, he was amazing against Philadelphia. Ten receptions, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. I, of course, had the misfortune of playing against him in one of my leagues. So I wasn't necessarily happy about that. But if you look at the big picture, uh, that has been an absolute steal for the Cowboys. And, and you know, it gives... Ezekiel Elliott, uh, a lot of help. I mean, earlier this year, he was the only Cowboy player that you wanted to use at all. And now Dak Prescott has evolved to the point where he can be started. And, of course, Cooper's a must-start. So be interesting to see if the current triplets uh, can keep it going for the Cowboys. It'll be an interesting chess match, too, because Dallas has played so well on defense. But now you've got Andrew Luck in the midst of a comeback season. Um, I think T.Y. Hilton will come back to earth somewhat, the aforementioned T.Y. Hilton. Uh, He may have to deal some with uh, Byron Jones, who's having a great season at cornerback for Dallas. But I think you definitely have to use uh, Hilton and Luck and Eric Ebron, who's been another uh, great find by the Indianapolis front office. I think probably the riskiest Colts player out of their core fantasy performers is Marlon Mack. Uh, Dallas gives up uh, just 86.8 rushing yards per game, and we've played uh, you know, well into the season now. They've only allowed seven rushing touchdowns. So I think you can sit Mac if you have some other options in the backfield or at your flex spot. New England at Pittsburgh is the last realistic chance for the Texans to dream of a first-round playoff by Andy. Uh, if the Steelers win uh, and the Texans win out, they get that first-round by, but... How did the Steelers beat the Patriots this week? Right now, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Steelers beating anybody. I mean, if you're in the playoff hunt, you can't beat the Raiders. That's a pretty sad statement. Uh, that said, I mean, you know, if, if if Pittsburgh can get hot on offense, and certainly we know that Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown can, that might be the one hope is, is that they carry – the Steelers. Uh, I think Jalen Samuels played reasonably well against the Raiders filling in for James Conner. He's probably going to get the start again. He can certainly pitch in in the passing game, but I think Roethlisberger and those receivers are just going to have to be absolutely lights out. Well, they need Ben to play because he's he's still questionable too. That's another part of the equation, right? I think he's going to end up playing. At this point in time, that would be my prediction as he does end up playing. 
Yeah, he he didn't play, I guess, uh, a lot of that second half against the Raiders, right? No, he did not. Yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, Hopefully they can figure out a way to pull it out for for the Texans fans. Uh, Now, even with that game, the game of the week, to me, I think to most people, is this Chargers-Chiefs. It's tomorrow night uh, as we're recording this. A lot of people that are listening, I know it's going to be tonight for you guys. Uh, If you're listening on Thursday, are the Chargers starting to look like the most complete team on both sides of the ball in the AFC, Andy? I mean, Football Outsiders has them number two in the NFL in offense and number nine in defense. I think you can make a case for that, but the strongest case is going to come if they win the game tomorrow in Kansas City, and it's going to be a very tough game to win. But uh, the Chiefs come into this game not quite at full strength. Tyreek Hill is a bit hobbled. Uh, Travis Kelsey has had an extremely poor track record recently against the Chargers. In his last three games against Los Angeles, he has just 53 yards and zero touchdowns. Now, of course, you're going to start Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes, but uh, maybe they have just slightly more downside than usual. And Kansas City's not going to have Spencer Ware, who has largely taken the place of Kareem Hunt. Uh, He had totaled 129 yards in that thrilling win over Baltimore on Sunday, but he's doubtful. So Damian Williams, uh, if he's out there in your league, uh, could be a good acquisition. He did pitch in a couple of touchdowns against the Ravens. Uh, Another Williams, Daryl Williams, and Charkandrick West may also get some work, but if you're just absolutely focused on getting somebody in the Kansas City backfield to use, it should be Damian Williams. Uh, Question, of course, for Los Angeles is if Melvin Gordon uh, will play. He's probably going to be a game-time decision. Uh, You have to play him if he's healthy. I mean, he's had an absolutely phenomenal season, both in reality and fantasy, but they won't have Austin Eckler. So if Gordon can't go, you need to add Justin Jackson if he's still available in your league. I think with Gordon not being at full strength, uh, Jackson might be a flex at worst, and at best you would have a starter on your hands. The Chargers, they don't go to Kansas City and win too often these days, do they? No, not not a lot of teams do I mean, at this point. Yeah, I think they they don't have a good record at all going to Kansas City. And uh, yeah, that, that, that to me should be a fun game, and, and I think it'll tell us a lot about both of those teams. I mean, you, you might even see these two teams – uh, they might have a little rematch in the AFC championship game down the road. Who knows? But uh, in just a bit, Andy, I know you got to tell us about who to keep an eye on and who to ax from your fantasy team. But first, uh, if you love the podcast, tell your followers and friends for all our listeners out there. Let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google podcast app, iTunes, and we're soon going to be on Pandora. You can also support us by sharing our show links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your favorite social media site is, and maybe write us a nice review on iTunes. That would be sweet. Email LockedOnTexans at mail.com for questions or comments. We want to bring you into the conversation. That's LockedOnTexans at mail.com. All right, Andy, if I need help on my fantasy team this week, who do I hire? Who should we grab off that waiver wire? Well, it's not quite as prestigious of a class as last week uh, in terms of uh, free agency. One running back who did impress me uh, on Sunday was Kenneth Dixon of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, He may continue to play behind Gus Edwards, but uh, it was also talked about this week by John Harbaugh that he may get more opportunities. And I think Dixon has certainly done enough to at least warrant flex consideration, especially since he's got a prime matchup with Tampa Bay on tap for this week. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars are a very interesting case. Obviously, they may be permanently scarred by what Derrick Henry did to them. And it's very disappointing that they're not going to get to face Mark Sanchez. But uh, I don't think there's anybody out there that's too scared of Josh Johnson. And I think the Jaguars are probably worth another look this week. Who is it time to cut bait on? Who would you fire from your fantasy team as we uh, are getting late in the game? I mean, you you gotta you gotta be uh, starting to think about you know the the last roster cuts, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys that have had fantasy value at times this year uh, right now seem to be running low on value. That is Tevin Coleman of the Atlanta Falcons. He has just fifty nine. Rushing yards over his last three games. Uh, has a very nice matchup with Arizona, but he's been losing work to Edo Smith. Kind of hard to have faith in Coleman at this stage. Uh, speaking of Derrick Henry, um, at this point, it's really hard to think that the Tennessee Titans are going to use Deion Lewis more than Henry. Uh, Lewis is certainly going to be involved because he's a good receiver. But with their next uh, couple of games coming up, uh, not exactly being tough ones, uh, his receiving abilities are not going to be needed as much. You and I haven't spoken since that 99-yard stiff-arm extravaganza by the aforementioned Derrick Henry last week. Uh, where did you put that on your all-time regular season runs during, I guess, primetime football history? And, I, you know, when I think of Monday Night Football, you know, the big runs are, of course, Bo Jackson, Earl Campbell. But those are long runs with – there's not a lot of – breaking of tackles and moves and stuff like that. I think some people might remember the OJ Simpson run where, you know, he, he like runs crossing the field a couple of times and he falls down he gets back up. Uh, he didn't score on that touchdown. That was kind of fun, but I, you know, you just, I go through some of these primetime runs in my mind, Andy, and the Derrick Henry one, I, I don't know if there's anything that approaches that one Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. I can't think of anything. Well, I think you do have to give an assist to the Jaguars for some truly lousy tackling on that run. But, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Derrick Henry. It certainly was one of the all-time great runs in prime time, uh, for sure. I mean, another one for that franchise, because, of course, the when the Titans were the Oilers, certainly Earl Campbell's run against Miami is always cited as one of the great primetime runs in history. Yeah, here's a little something for your friends at the water cooler. You, you can ask them this little trivia question. What was the last team that the Oilers beat in a playoff game? And I bet Andy knows this one. Uh, would it help to tell you this was a, a team that uh, we might be familiar with in the next few days? It's the New York Jets. Yeah, they, they won that game against the Jets. 17 to 10 and then there was the disasters after that there was the Denver fiasco well you know it was a great game but you know Denver and John Elway coming back against you I guess there's no sin in that in mile high and then you had the the Bills game that needs no introduction and of course the Chiefs game against uh Joe Montana where they uh came well the Chiefs came from behind 10 nothing to win that game but uh, yeah, that was the the last one was against the Jets. Yeah, it was not a terribly great Jets team. They were eight and eight, and, and uh, snuck into the playoffs by beating Miami the last Sunday of the season. So yeah, I mean, but I guess you know throughout their history, there have not been a lot of great Jets teams. So any team that made the playoffs certainly 
stands on the better side of the tracks than uh, numerous other teams that the Jets have had through the years. Yeah, yeah, and they still there was a guy named Al Toon. It was a pretty good wide receiver on that team, and Ken O'Brien was a quarterback. But uh, the Warren Moon, he threw a couple of touchdown passes, and and the Oilers edged that one out uh, for the win. But yeah, that was their last playoff win in Houston Oilers history anyway. But uh, Andy, it's always a pleasure. And I always remind people to go to LockedOnTexans.com, not only for your advice on stuff, but also uh, we did mention a couple of the top matchups of the week. You go over that, some other odds and ends, your thoughts on Kathy Lee Gifford, which I know everybody's waiting to hear about that, (laughs) other stuff. But uh, man, it's always a pleasure. Let's do it again next week, man. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget LockedOnTexans.com. We're always putting up pieces. Our friends Nathan, Jeff, Joe, Andy, Brandon, Calvin, all part of the Lockdown Network. Uh, Gives you a lot of stuff to read over there. Look for my co-host, my normal co-host, Brian Patterson's writing. When he's not playing on DraftKings, a little fantasy football, he's writing for HouseOfHouston.com, a fan site affiliate. If you want to hear my takes on Rockets, Astros, and Texans, everything pretty much going on in Houston sports. Listen to me and my co-host RG Seal on my Houston Sports Talk podcast. We've been doing that since 2013 for five years now. Hard to believe. But uh, that's all we got for this one. Uh, we'll get we'll get you one more show in before the game on Saturday. So we've got bonus ones these last few weeks for you. We're trying to get you with five days a week of Texans coverage. Um, as always, though, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.